0: Hey kids, welcome to the Capital Life Podcast. I am your host, Abby Pagood. This is where we talk about all the things that life brings. The good, the bad, and the healthy. Today's topic is the good, the bad, and the ugly, weird, Jumping into food talks, guys, and you know when I like to ramble about food, it just doesn't stop. Thankfully, I don't have anyone here with me today, because if we did, we'd probably have a three-hour-long show talking about all the different foods, the good, bad, and the ugly, I'm just saying. But before we get started, we got to give a big shout-out to our focus programs that are available on the um, capitalhealth.com if you use code thecapitallife it will get you $15 off every single program that you order and it's not just one order if you purchase one program to check it out you get your $15 off if you go back you use the same code the code keeps working for you because that's what we want you to do we want the focus programs to keep working forward for you they are targeted to your needs whether that's rehab Anything that has to do with core development, if you are stuck in an office cubicle and you only have the amount of room that is basically the size of your body, we have it all there for you so that you can stay on top of your goals and keep yourself driven to your needs. Our capital partner of the month is Untraceable IT. And basically, they are doing a tremendous job doing their kind of... um I don't know computer investigative thing, you know, they're they're like they're like robbers in the night on your computer, but instead of being bad and stealing things, they're actually like fixing things and keeping your programming and all of your stuff working the way that it needs to so that you never have to worry about it. So, let's get into food talks. You know, it's become to my attention that there are a lot of recipes out there that are super intriguing. They look amazingly delicious, especially, you know, with the camera lighting and when they show like the mixture of things and you put in the oven and they make it so ooey gooey yummy. And then it dawns on you that Oh, shit, if I eat that, I'm probably going to have some kind of clogged artery or heart attack or I'm just setting myself up for failure. A lot of the recipes out there that are super awesome, super engaging and look super delicious are super unhealthy. And I find it fascinating that with as much as society has grown within its, you know, gourmet chef capabilities, and when I mean gourmet chef capabilities, we have so many amazing food shows that, um, you know, you've got your Iron Chefs, and you've got the Master Chef, and the Master Chef Kids, I mean, they've even got the children cooking better than most adults nowadays, and it's because they're teaching and educating people from these, like, reality cooking shows, and you know, even though they're really not reality because they're totally set up. You know, my husband started a new one that's called like pressure cooker or pressure cooked or something like that. And it's a group of like 10 chefs that come on and they basically are kind of like a live-in situation like Hell's Kitchen and they have the whole setup and everything, except there's no lead chef. There's no one directing them. All of them are, you know, either chefs or from their own creating their own business, or they are in a huge restaurant um, and doing like gourmet stuff themselves and on the line constantly, you know, they're just 10 chefs that actually like know what they're doing. And they're not novices. They've been in the industry for a while, whether they've, you know, jumped out of the industry and started out their own company, you know, so they might be a little bit more laid back. But it's interesting, because the way they design the show is that the chef's all cook for one another and then they rate each rate each other's dishes. So every single person gets ranked and then like in after every, you know, challenge, right? Because of course you got to have the food challenge in there. So you have the food challenge, then everyone ranks everybody else on where they thought their dish went, which of course you have the strategic thought of, you know, The, ooh, I can manipulate the results, which I'm just so sick and tired of that bullshit. Why can't people just vote for, like, who's good and who's not good? Can we just go back to, like, actually earning something honorable without, like, having corruption and manipulation in it? Anyway, that's a whole nother story. But really, it's interesting because it's cool that they have all these cooks on and then they get to rank each other. And then, you know, then they, whoever's at the bottom of the totem pole, either, I think they either have like another challenge or they get voted off. But what I find really fascinating is that we have all of these shows. And when my husband put this show on, it was like so many different dishes, so many different variations, and which is amazing because we are just these amazing creatures of creativity. And I mean, when you give an artist a guitar, you give them, you know, a painting set. If you give them, you know, a typewriter so they can write their thoughts down, even putting them in the kitchen, we are amazing artistic beings in our own abilities, in our own skill set, in our own strengths, and what's really amazing is that we have this great opportunity to be able to share those skills with one another via whether it's educating and teaching and cooking, like cooking and teaching you how to do those things, or it's the awesomeness of being able to experience that individual artistry from, you know, eating what they put on the plate and having it served to you, right? Like artistry, you can go to your classes, you can have that taught to you in one of those, you know, what do they call them, like the sip and draw or the sit and paint. And you can sit down and actually like, Learn how to do some of those techniques, even maybe create your own artwork for your own home, or you can go into an environment where you get to have the artists that already provided their talents for you, and then you can purchase their art for your artwork. We have a meet ma- the way that our world works is so cool, but I feel like we need to get away from some of the stagism and, you know, the manipulation of, you know, thinking what's cool and do what more resonates with us. So in that regard, I'm thinking it might be a good idea to do like a TikTok's healthy version. We could take some of those really cool recipes that looked absolutely amazing and then easily show what you substitute it with so that you can actually experience the awesomeness of the meal that looks so super yummy, dummy, gooey, delicious but instead have like a healthier take on it and learning what proper substitutes. And I when I mean proper substitutes, I mean substitutes that actually taste good because there are tons of variations of the dairy-free yogurts or the dairy-free cheeses or the dairy-free whatever and they just do a really shitty job. Not all companies have nailed it, but there's some really great companies out there that have just done a top-notch job with what they're doing. They don't change their product, and they keep producing the same thing, and they don't get greedy. Let's keep buying those products. So, rolling forward, I was thinking about, you know, what are some of, like, you know, trans fat was like a really big subject, you know, a couple, you know, like 15, 20 years ago. Remember when everyone was getting all crazy about trans fat because, you know, it's obviously it's not good for you. And places in Europe and overseas, they've already banned trans fats from being even like used, which is interesting because in our society, we still have that readily available in a lot of our food products, especially some of our junk food products. But I don't think... That we sometimes realize that those products, like that, it still exists in some of the regular things that we buy all the time. And um, I thought it would be important to discuss what some of those foods actually look like. So, um, one of the one of the really important things to remember is that as we're going into the holidays and we're wrapping up. Some, you know, we're, we're eating our leftovers and we're eat, developing foods and bringing them in or, you know, we didn't have time to cook. So you go and you purchase something, and you bring it to a holiday party or whatnot. Well, let's pay attention to what's actually in some of those products. If we keep buying the products that has those crappy ingredients in them, then the companies are going to keep ma- making them. First and foremost, now I'm not saying like, oh, we all need to protest and get right away from all of that. I'm not. I'm not. T- I'm not trying to do that. I'm not an activist. I never have been. I don't even. I have my belief systems and I follow my moral upbringings, but I'm not a big protest activist type of individual. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to infringe on other people's choices. That's a whole nother thing, in argumentation and conflict, and I just don't like the vibe of that. But what I do like is being able to self-identify which companies are doing things right and which ones are skimming the lines of like inappropriate and not okay. And, Part of that is being educated on what's in your food and making sure that we're not continuously buying the things that are no longer. Because if it sits on the shelves and it goes to waste, eventually they'll have to discontinue it. Just like all the amazing hair products that people actually use. Why do they always discontinue the hair products and makeup that we use and love, but then they don't discontinue the food that's bad for you that no one's buying? This doesn't make any sense. We need to fix this. So, some of the things that you may not realize still have trans fat, and that's really bad for your arteries and increasing cholesterol and adding to your stress levels is vegetable shortening. Now, one of the most amazing dishes, and I shouldn't say dishes because it's not an entree, but one of the most amazing food items that we make in our house is our, our family ginger snap recipe. And that has vegetable shortening in it. So that kind of blows because, you know, the ginger's good for your digestion and then you're using gluten free flour, but at the same time, you still got the vegetable shortening in it. You get what I'm saying? So we've got vegetable shortening, still has a lot of trans fats, a variety of microwave popcorn. So, you know, you might be attached to certain po- popcorn brands because that's what your parents bought and then that's what their parents bought and so on and so forth. Um, but it's definitely important and would be worthwhile to look at the back of the popcorn packages and read what the ingredients are because the least amount of ingredients of your microwave popcorn, and especially when we need to stay away from certain oils like hydrogenated uh, is a big word that's used in a lot of products that are to go to eat, staying away from those types of foods um, will help reduce your cholesterol, it'll help stay away from the trans fats. Vegetable oils are not great for you. I mean, we, a lot of people, when vegetable oil started to phase out, they started switching over to canola oil, not realizing that canola is made out of corn, and our body is not designed to digest corn. So it's like we went from one arch nemesis to another is, you know, it's let, it's a lesser of the two evils, but it's still not clean. So it's really important to kind of shuffle up your oils, do your olive oils, do your safflower oils, do your avocado oils or your coconut oils, like all of these different variations of oils out there. I like that, you know, almond oil really accentuates, um, a fish flavor. So, if you were making salmon or tilapia or mahi mahi or something, and you decided that you wanted to cook it, sauté it in a pan, and almond um, almond oil does an amazing job, really releasing a lot of those fish flavors. So, and most most of the time, you don't realize how much your oil can actually profoundly change the taste of your protein. Another food that is out there that's you know. guys are already aware of is our fried fast foods. Our fried fast foods are a common thing. Now, a lot of you guys are trying to do more of the, you know, get on the right plan, staying from away from the fried foods. And so you'll get your grilled chickens and things like that, which is fantastic. But just keep in mind that a lot of times when you have like naked nuggets, those naked nuggets still get fried into that oil and grease. Sometimes I would rather just keep it clean make my fast, and I say, quote, fast food food at home, like using an air fryer, even maybe like if I'm actually cooking my kids chicken nuggets, I'll actually fry it in, you know, olive oil or even a grapeseed oil. Um, and then I'll sometimes I'll use the air fryer. It just depends on what that is. So I make some dank gluten free fried chicken. I'm telling you, it is good. So it doesn't have to be bad to taste good. Bakery items, guys. Some of you guys have been rushed for the holidays and instructed to bring dessert to your family. So you've bought muffins, you've bought cakes, you've bought pastries, you've bought pies, you've bought all of those things. A lot of those products have a lot of that hydrogenated oil and other ingredients that is not good. So sometimes it is better to try and take the time to make something from scratch or try maybe checking out some of the other, you know, food brands that might be in some of the aisles down the way that's not from, you know, the bakery section that might actually be a little bit more cleaner, have a little bit nicer flowers that don't you know, add to your waistline as significantly. So it's, it's about branching out. It's not about cutting it off entirely. It's about branching out. Non-dairy coffee creamers can have a lot of sugar and a lot of, you know, different fats in them. It's always important to kind of check those out. I know that I have strayed away from dairy-free, like coffee creamers and all kinds of different dairy-free products, but in doing, in that exploration that I had to endure about seven, eight years ago, it was really difficult at first because there wasn't a lot of options. Now there's so many options available, but being that we have an abundant of options available, which is great, the only bad part is you still have to read the back of the labels and make sure you're not getting some of those sneaky foods that are not good for you. Same thing when it comes to your potato chips and corn chips. Guys, I was kind of pissed off a couple weeks ago, not even a couple weeks ago, I want to say over the summer. So like six months ago, I was really pissed off about inflation costs and how much things were, you know, expanding. And especially, you know, some of my family's food intolerances, we buy kind of off-brand um, off-brand snack chips or snack cookies or things like that and the prices of those because they're healthier and cleaner they just keep going up up and up and so i was looking for snacks for my kids and of course you have like the costco bags of chips and things like that and whatnot but after a while like you know there's only two brands that we can buy and so they get tired of it and they want something else well i decided to just kind of reinvestigate and re-explore the chip section now just so you guys know, I did this years ago. We're talking 10 years ago when I had food sensitivities. I spent a whole day in the chip section reading the back of labels and having a temper tantrum in the tar- in a target, okay? And I'm... If we could pinpoint exactly the day and time, I guarantee Target would find footage of me having a temper, ta- a full adult temper tantrum, throwing bags back onto the alley, being mad and frustrated because I couldn't eat my favorite, you know, to-go chips. They, they were still good for the average individual. They were still healthy chips, but they were the ones that I relied on to get me through, and then my food sensitivities made me have to change that up, and in doing so left me with, you know, the of a bitch and i can't believe it and i love these things why do i have to let go and that that's where i went with that but recently i finally had the courage again to go into and reassess a lot of potato chips corn chips things of that nature you know for my kids sake to really simplify the ingredients that were in them and to be perfectly fine honest what ended up finding i found the, the great value brand from Walmart was 10 times better than a lot of the other options out there. The cheaper chip that was like $1.48 or $1.78 was better uh, on the ingredients list than some of the Lays or the Doritos or some of the other, you know, go tos that most people get. And I. If anything, I was relieved because I was like, oh, look, affordable chips. That's fantastic. But the other thing that I found really interesting was that, you know, a lot of people have become attached to certain brands because it was their favorite or it was passed down. Like, you know, some person, they always got introduced to the ruffles where another person got introduced to the lace or the other person got introduced to, you know, the Cheetos dude. Like some of us get attached to certain things. But if we look at some of the off brands, we might be able to find a healthier alternative that one can save us money in our pocket, but also not do as bad to our gut. Canned frosting. How many of you guys have had to buy canned frosting for, you know, doing cookies and things like that? I I suck at frosting, especially when it comes to like having to do sugar cookies and like put a drizzle of frosting on top or when the kids do their, their ridiculous, you know, gingerbread house that always is a mess because the candy falls all over the place and the kids are all sticky and then all of a sudden you've got like you know, frost in places you didn't think frost should be there. And you're not even entirely sure how you got it there. But, you know, canned frosting has a lot of those trans fat that is not good for us. And so our kids are just sitting there licking it up like nothing, even though, you know, what are you supposed to do? Because you can't get the texture right. Well, there are a couple different things you can do. You can either try and make your own, you could skip it entirely, because I don't know, cookies are pretty good even without the frosting. And then you're kids don't act like crackheads. Just an idea. Crackers. Crackers, guys. Crackers can have an abundant amount of extra crap in it that we don't need. Have you guys ever picked up one of your favorite crackers and looked on the side of the box and saw that there was like 10,000 ingredients in it and none of them you could pronounce? except for maybe they put like a cheat sheet in parentheses right next to it. Check out your crackers, especially if you're doing appetizers and things. Make sure that what's in your stuff. And last but not least is pizzas. Uh, I think we all kind of know that, right? But at the same time, I think we mindlessly buy the flavors that we like. My oldest son loves DiGiorno pizzas. I don't freaking know why. I don't understand it. Like, I remember they were good when I was growing up. I've had them from time to time. But like, really, DiGiorno? Not my thing. Not my thing. If you find this helpful and insightful, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and YouTube at Capital Health. You can also check us out at capitalhealth.com where you can subscribe to our newsletters and get updates and read our fun little blogs and just stay in the now. Well, I thought it would be important with all of the conversation with the trans fat conversation of just, hey, let's pay attention to our foot food and all of that stuff. But as we've talked about some of the ugly, but we haven't really talked about the good or the bad. But I kind of think about traditional meals that play out when we are doing like holidays. Like at Thanksgiving, you have, you know, the sweet potatoes, but then they clobber with them with the tons of the marshmallow fluff and the brown sugar, and they just make it like the sweet you know thing of craziness and then you have you know tons of breads and rolls and dressings and you know the dressing has bread in it and it has meat in it sometimes depending on who makes it but it's like there's all this abundant of stuff And my question is, how much of it actually gets eaten? Do you ever find that when you're at the dinner table and food is getting passed around, there's always like one thing that never really gets taken. And usually it has to do with like breads. Do you notice that? Like the, you know, like you'll take a breading and you'll still eat it. But at the same time, like it's like you've got mashed potatoes, you've got all of these different casserole dishes and you've got your veggies and your proteins and everything. But there's always like an abundant of extra like desserts or breads or whatever when our society is becoming less and less far away from them, right? I, you know, I was thinking about the enhancement of protein cooking in, in um, holiday cooking it has been huge, like, you know, pork loin roast and beef roast and lamb chops and You know, like they people still do that pineapple ham thing, which is weird, but they've like upgraded it to like make it more natural flavor like. And then they've even increased the glaze to which they serve with it. They've done so many amazing things. My question is why are we still hooked on some of those old traditional foods that are really bad for us when we have all of these new, more flavor revitalizing tastes that are coming our way proteins and what we do to our infusing them like injecting them with juices or putting you know stuffing them with different things like we've learned so many different techniques especially from these food channels especially from all the recipes out there and we really can make them what we want them to be for ourselves and of course you're going to have the grandma that like totally cannot have her dressing she has to have it the same way every time fine let's just make her her own own little setting. It's not that big of a deal. But at the same time, over the years, you know, my mom's always had her heart sent on certain things. Certain things had to be at the table. I would still provide that key ingredient, but I might tweak the recipe and enhance it a little bit and make it a little bit more uh, stomach friendly instead of creating the bloat and all that craziness. You know, I was looking, I was scrolling through and I saw like this recipe for duo tater bake and I was like duo tater bake what is that and literally it was like mashed potatoes mixed with like your sour creams and your cheeses and your butters and all that thing and all I kept thinking was like (coughs) like because I just can't my arteries are just thinning just thinking about it well if we changed out some of those ingredients so we're not putting mass amount of cheese and sour cream and all of that stuff. You can use alternative foods that use healthy oils, not hydrogenated oils, like healthy oils that are clean and usable and still make delicious foods like that by just creating substitutes. The other thing is just creating balance. We have so many different variations of vegetables. In like healthy ways to do vegetables that are massively flavorful, they're oven roasted, they're super easy, and it's as simple as adding the primary vegetable, whether it be like green beans, Brussels sprouts, even you know, corn, if that was your shtick, and then adding certain ingredients to it. I've seen some recipes where they add like the cranberries, or they add the garlic and the spices and all the different things, and they just stick them, drizzle them in oil and stick it them in the oven, and they are just amazingly tasteful there's so many different variations that we can do. There's so many healthy recipes that we can do with our vegetables to just really enhance flavors. And when it comes down to it, sometimes you're just fine with your protein and vegetables because all of it was savory. All of it was delicious. And then by the end of it, you've gotten all your nutrients. You may not even need those do or Tater Tot bakes. You may not even need those excessive rolls. You might be so full that You don't even need to taste what the the dessert is. So keep your options over. Keep things nice and clean. We have the good. We have the bad. And we have the ugly. But we always know that we can keep things in balance. I give my kids a little leeway on the holidays when they are really focused on, you know, eating all the junk because the junk's available and it's sugar and, you know, they love those ginger snap cookies. You know what? It's fine. Once in the blue moon, totally fine, but don't make it a regular habit. Make sure you're eating nice and clean majority of the time and then it's like you can indulge when you want to, especially when the time calls for celebration. Thanks for joining me today on The Capital Life where we talk about all the things. Join me next Saturday when we're going to spark into the new year. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on YouTube and Facebook. And please share The Capital Life on all of your podcasting platforms. No matter what your friends listen to, we are there for them to hear. Remember to take care of yourself because you are somebody's everything.